Hi, I'm your host, Susan Nay. Welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out. It's a series designed to help you demystify HR and the human resource processes. We're going to talk about people management and get the goods on and see how all this stuff works. You're going to hear from everyday heroes and get their perspectives as we touch on a wide variety of topics, topics that impact us in our work and in our work environments. You'll find nuggets for your treasure chest of learning. Hopefully you'll discover insights for your personal and your professional growth. I'm glad you're here. I suspect it's because you want to be the very best version of yourself, your personal best, and that you get understanding these systems and processes will help you on your journey, on your path. You ready to dare to soar? Want to join me at flight school? Let's do this. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, welcome to the podcast series, HR Inside Out, Demystifying HR and People Management. Given that we're talking about the ripples created by unanticipated change, I'm going to start with a quote from Winston Churchill. When you are going through hell, keep going. And that's going to make sense to you in a few minutes. My guest on today's podcast is Catherine, also known as Mel Elliott, one of my heroes and someone who, through circumstances completely beyond her control, found herself literally going through hell. And as encouraged by Churchill, she kept putting one foot in front of the other and came out the other side stronger, clearer as to what really matters in life, with a renewed purpose and lots of difficult but life-altering learning under her belt. Catherine, thank you for being here today and being willing to share your journey and some tips for those facing their own challenges. Good to see you here. Thank you. I'd like to share a little bit about you and your background before we get into some of the questions. Uh, I hope that's okay. So I met Catherine when attending a gathering at a mutual friend's home. I remember that she was working as a director at a healthcare facility. Over time, we ended up attending a number of sessions and courses that we were both interested in. I'd heard that she'd started to struggle with health challenges, and, but her doctors couldn't determine a diagnosis. I'd heard that what started out as the flu had morphed into massive fatigue, pain, and a multitude of mysterious symptoms that required assistance from our, our mutual friend. They were that devastating. Her organization eventually chose to delete her position. Obtaining the health and disability benefits she was entitled to became a battle alongside that illness. Too ill to care for herself, but her spirit luckily still unbroken. With the help of friends and a good lawyer, she challenged the insurance provider and she won. Concurrent with those battles, her employer decided to illegally terminate her position, giving her working notice, even though she was medically deemed unable to work. This required another legal challenge and Catherine was again successful. In the process, Catherine was entitled to receive her case file from the organization. A director had noted that she was not actually ill, just angry that she had not received a recent promotion, essentially that she was a malingerer. The fact that it took the doctor so long to finally provide a diagnosis 
was used as evidence of this very undeserved and very incorrect assertion. Although Catherine had worked for this organization for about eight years at the time, and all as part of the senior leadership team, she had an exemplary attendance record, had recently been placed in a senior, acting senior position for over a year's period. All this was apparently dismissed as irrelevant. She was considered disposable. Now, as an aside, I sure hope this is not the kind of manager or organization that you're working for. And yes, this kind of stuff happens all too frequently. Worse is that these decisions are often not challenged, especially when individuals are themselves too sick to do so. But Catherine made a choice to fight back, to prove them wrong, and to assure that what was due to her was received. Catherine is still ill. She has used this time to reflect on what is truly important to her. Other people's decisions put her into hell. She chose to keep walking until she found her way out the other side. I've asked her to share her journey with us today and the resultant new paths that she's discovered along the way. Again, welcome, Catherine, and thank you for saying yes to talking to us today and to sharing. Thanks, Susan, for inviting me today. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story with you and, and with the, the, your, your, your listeners. And if I can help one person, then, then it's all worthwhile. I really appreciate that. And I know our listeners do too. I'm going to start with a, a big question. And that's that if not for your illness, do you think that you'd still likely be working as a director in the healthcare sector? Well, um, the illness and life has taught me that things are unpredictable, but having said that, the answer to that would be yes. Yes, I think I would, um, perhaps in a different role, but absolutely there. I've, I loved my work with seniors, always did, 35 years on, I still loved it, and always considered it to be a calling rather than a, than a, than a job. So um, yes, I definitely think that in some capacity, I mm -hmm. would be, I would still be in the, in the senior living sector and in some capacity, I, in a way I still am. Um, and, and on that note, I, I, I really would like to, to really um, give a shout out to those folks still working in care and senior living and those living in care and senior living. Um, COVID took a huge toll mm. on, on everyone. And I'm yes. hoping that the new, the reduction in cases will continue and we, we won't face that again. And then, and then adding to that, the heat. Yes. I remember so well my days um, trying to cool buildings, trying to cool old care buildings, uh, virtually impossible. So uh, my heart goes out to everybody living in that and also trying to cope with, with just helping, you know, just mm -hmm. alleviate heat happily. It's, it's, it's short, short lived, but nonetheless, a challenge. Yeah. Important. And thank you. Thank you for, mm -hmm. for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'd like to, you, uh, fighting back. One of the things that you, you said was, was fighting back. And, um, Another reason why this is important to me, after the initial lawsuit to gain my medical benefits, I, I, I was faced with that decision, what to do about my employer's illegal action. I, and I, I really had to think about that because I was, I was ill, I was exhausted, and I'm not in any way an adversarial person. 
I really don't enjoy conflict. But I realized that this, I wasn't just fighting, if you will, for myself here. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was taking a, taking a stand for all of those who were similarly cast aside and are similarly cast aside by employers and don't have the ability or the opportunity to fight back. So I felt and I feel that it was a moral duty for me to, to, to take that stand mm-hmm. and, and just go forward with it. As, and if I could shift even one person's, one employer's mindset, that have them think twice before making accusations or assumptions around someone's, someone's uh, position in life, then it was going to be worth it. And, you know, I, I, I know that there are leaders and potential leaders as listeners to the podcast. So uh, important, important points to remember uh, as people step into those leadership positions devastating those kinds of comments can mm-hmm. can be both to the individual and and also to the organization in the end run mm-hmm. um i was lucky in a way that during the process of of um of fighting for my my health benefits i was lucky that i hadn't heard the comments from mm-hmm. my employer because i'm not sure that i could have handled it the mm-hmm. the, the personal actual devastation of knowing that someone someone would actually think that that was the kind of person that I was so it was better for me mm-hmm. ironically to, to 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 hear to to get that information post after you know just operating on my own integrity knowing that you know that what what was happening um the 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 discussion the 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 challenge I was making with the insurance company it came from me and I it, there was no other outside influence my employer at that point had nothing to do with it. So, so that was a, that was a good thing. And, and really amazing. I mean, when we're feeling good about ourselves, a comment like that, you know, we can just wave off. It's like, well, that's mm-hmm. pretty silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that somebody can even make that comment, knowing the performance that you had exhibited mm-hmm. while with the organization, you know, that you hadn't ever been a malingerer. This was mm-hmm. not something mm-hmm. is, that was probably part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mind boggling. This is not, uh, you know, this is not indicative of behavior that they'd ever seen before from mm-hmm. you. And that mm-hmm. didn't seem to, to mm-hmm. make any difference. Mm-hmm. I know when you initially fell ill that you thought the uh, challenges that you were having were temporary. And I'm sure that some of that ended up influencing how you handled the timing, any, any thoughts on that? Um, yes, that's very true. I, I, I did think that the, the illness was temporary. Um, and, and as I, as I have thought about it now, more recently, I realized I was actually sick, if you will, a long time before I even, I even, I, I got sort of the, the flu and that, mm-hmm that just you know made everything else sort of take off but i've been i'd been feeling unwell for about six months prior to that so um my doctor had been asking me suggesting you know take a break take some time off and and uh, you know it was it was a it was a, a challenging time at the office so to speak so mm-hmm. i i was i was not prepared to do that and at the end of the day, one can say one could say that I embodied giving too much at the office. So, 
Yeah. Again, which was testimony to who you were and how you were presenting. Mm -hmm. uh, being more concerned about the organization's needs yeah. at the time than listening to your own uh, deteriorating health. Correct. I'm going to borrow from another quote from the great Winston Churchill, and, and I, one I know that you have written on a coaster in your home, never, never, never give up. You didn't, you don't. And I know that because of your illness, you have reflected on what next. As a result, you've taken many courses, you've explored a variety of interests, and um, I'm interested, and I know our listeners would be um, about that journey, if, if you're prepared to, to share where that's taken you. Um, well, it was actually quite some time before I was able to do anything besides the, the, the basics of daily living, medical and eventually legal appointments, all of which stole what little energy and mental capacity I had at the time. I had to learn to be comfortable with just being, which was hard for a type A executive who spent her spare time going out, out her spare time outside work, running, working out, playing tennis, golf, all very physical habits, mm -hmm. all gone and, and still gone. Life mm -hmm. is, is uh, very much different for me now. But fortunately, prior to the illness, I, I had developed a meditation and a journaling practice. And I would say that it was those habits, as well as the support of my friends, that got me through those really those early stages. Mm -hmm. My my I would wake up every day and my daily mantra was, what's my next first step? What's my next just tiny little thing? What can I do today to move this forward? And I would sit with that and then I would listen for an answer. And then I would do it. Mm -hmm. and and then and then and then move on and and try to not stay in that stay stuck in that mindset of illness mm -hmm. it, it wasn't always easy but uh like like anything else i guess i was able to build that that uh, that muscle that habit of of um of, of just not allowing it right i didn't want it to, i didn't yeah. want to be identified with illness even even in even at the hardest time i i knew that that was going to be it would be a slippery slope yeah yeah. Right. Right. I didn't want to be classed as disabled, if you will. Tough to do. Um, hmm. mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you're ask, you were asking about uh, other interests. And when I was a child growing, growing up in Ireland, uh, I loved to learn. My, my dream back then was to be a writer. And... Um, that longing really returned to me in, in the illness. Um, I, I, you know, the, the learning, I began to take a, the occasional online course and I began gathering books on a myriad of topics, spirituality, philosophy, literature, consciousness, metaphysics, everything really. I, I became a student of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I, I guess I would say I, I, I set upon or was guided to the quest of actually finding meaning in life in the midst of illness and that would be all life um, mine and 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 life around me every everything mm -hmm. and it was a it was a it was a really uh profound and deeply life-changing uh journey for me and i would i would i can honestly say that it was the gift of the illness for me it it really it really put me on put me 
perhaps back on the path that I, I you know, I, I would have chosen. Um, my life was inter my life's path, I would say, was interrupted uh, when I was a teenager. When when my when my family moved to Canada from Northern Ireland, in the midst of of what was called what is called the Troubles, mm -hmm. it was a it was a challenging time to it was a challenging time to be there, and it was a challenging time to leave, and it was yes. a challenging time to 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 grow. How old would you have been? Um, I probably about fifteen. About 15. Yes, that's, yeah, that's that's a mm -hmm. critical time. Mm -hmm. and it was, and, and, yeah. yeah, and uh, yes, and and education systems being different, and, and mm -hmm. just finding that you know that where do I fit? It was it was really it was really difficult all around. But that being said, it was it was the right thing. It was the right decision for my family to make at the time. But you know. Hard decisions aren't always, you know, right decisions aren't always easy. They come with mm -hmm. challenges and, and mm -hmm. you know, we had to make our, make our way through it. So you have been called upon in your life previously to deal with some difficult circumstances and maybe start building that muscle of, of figuring things out when they don't necessarily go the way you'd planned or hoped for uh, necessarily I would be safe to say that I faced a lot of plan B's <laughs> in my life yes <laughs> that would be a fair statement um, and I, I know I know the the learning journey that you've been on I've certainly enjoyed learning Reiki as one example uh, with Reiki master Krista Burke and all about Carl Jung uh, at SFU continuing education classes with you uh, I know that you're truly a lifelong learner. Speaking of which, um, you've recently worked towards and received your bachelor's degree, and you've become an ordained minister. And with, first of all, huge congratulations to you. Um, and well done. Now, I know although you're now able to marry individuals, you've shared with me that you wish to work with those transitioning from life and to officiate celebrations of life when we're again able to do this. And it looks like that's starting to open up. I suspect I know the answer to this, but what led you to this particular path of, of sharing these, these new skills and, and certifications? Well, this really, really is an area of very deep passion for me uh, throughout my my 35-year career in, in senior care, I, I've worked with, and, and you know, bearing in mind, I, I was an administrator, but I was a, a, a boots and hands and feet on the ground administrator. I, I was, mm -hmm. I, I, I really lived life, I would say, with, with my residents for the most part. Hundreds of seniors, um, you know, passed through my, my life, and, I, and, and it was end of life it, that they came to us because there, there was, you know, the, they were just reaching that point where they couldn't care for themselves and, and mm -hmm. the next step was going to be end of life. And I, I saw so much the difficulties and the challenges faced by, by the residents, the families. Um, they were so ill-equipped and, uh, and so often, often facing an aspect of, of life alone. I, I would say I, I witnessed too many clinical, angry, and lonely and fearful deaths 
Mm. And it really stuck with me. Of course, not all. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not yes, saying yeah. everyone, yeah, but, yeah. but I know, and I know that there are enough people out there that, that, that are alone and we're alone. And, and I really feel in, that it's important that I, if I have any, any ability left, it's to, it's to, it's to work in that area. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love to work um, also with the MAID program. That's the, the program, Medically Assistance, Assistance in Dying. Okay. Um, end of life, again, for those facing challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and also, um, I'm, I'm really drawn to a, an organization called Therasil. Mm-hmm. And they've recently been in the news due, their, due to their success in lobbying our government to allow terminate, terminally ill patients to use in a therapeutic and, and supervised setting psilocybin or so-called magic mushrooms to ease end of life anxiety as, as well as di- as well as dis- discomfort due to the effects of, of chemotherapy, which is mm-hmm. a very interesting area. There mm-hmm. is very significant research around this work, and I'm excited at the at the possibility of the comfort that it that it can and will bring. And I really really feel I want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so so becoming. Uh, a reverend, if you will, really, really was a key, um, a key uh, addition to my, uh, I have experience I, in healthcare, yeah. I, I have that role, but, but I, I really felt that that was one, one missing piece mm-hmm. that, uh, that giving me that, the, that uh, ability to, to be in a, in a, in a care facility in, 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 a, in a specific role, and also uh, allowing me to get some more education around those areas as well. Interesting. Yeah. So essentially, my really my my new me, my 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 new reality is uh, is to is to help or try to help play my part to ease unnecessary suffering, whether it's mm-hmm. due to illness or transition or really any anything else. So it ex- it it really extends beyond working with um, terminally ill people it mm-hmm. could also some of what you're talking about could be used in just assisting people who are dealing with um difficult health challenges you know especially if you're talking about the use of uh, new techniques and and things like you know what what i know is magic mushrooms mm-hmm. yes indeed and then we're certainly becoming more open to that mm-hmm. in general yeah. um with the legalization of of um marijuana cannabis yeah cannabis yeah mm-hmm. that's huge um and wow thank you <laughs> it's i know in just the few individuals in my life that that have transitioned uh, your services would have been very much appreciated in those those last days and mm-hmm. just the process yeah i've witnessed it in my own life recently too and you know that that there there really is a need a need to a need a need to ease a need for ease in in uh, in this particular area and not one that we're well versed in it's one that we're uncomfortable with in in more generally mm-hmm. so we don't mm-hmm. do it well even when we we try our best yeah we we don't really want to talk about it right it's but and and when we do decide we need to talk about it often it's 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 too late yes, because yes. what are you know when you know when the, when we're in the midst of crisis it's hard to really be you know to be um clear and rational about what mm-hmm. what um what possible 
what possible decisions and choices we have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that you've chosen to move into this line of work. Mm-hmm. Matt, Catherine, I'm going to take us to another area that I know you're interested in, and, and that's about uh, retracing footsteps in Ireland, your country of origin. You're one of nine children uh, being raised, at, we've talked earlier, at a time of much upheaval and political unrest. I know that you reconnected with childhood friends um, in the past couple of years. Uh, do you still have family there? Yeah, I do. I have I have many cousins back there, but all, all my siblings left in the 70s um, when we did, scattering to various parts of, of the world. Um, my, my trip in, tw- in 2019 was, was my first visit to my hometown since we left in the 70s. And it, it, was a, it was truly a profound gift, really, for me to have so many of my old school friends join me for a reunion with really only a few days prior, prior notice. It, it, was, it, was, um, it was really quite lovely. And it was a trip that, that I, did, I did undertake alone. It, it also marked for me the, the transition from, from debilitating illness to, to, to what was the beginning of a new normal. Mm-hmm. It, it really showed me that with, with, with the right parameters in place around pacing, time management, diet, you know, you have it, all of those things that, that, that are important to me now, I was able to begin living a new and productive normal. I, I could see that. It, it really showed me that chronic illness was and is no longer a barrier to, to my moving forward. It was, it was really pivotal on, you know, on so many, so many areas of, of, of healing, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, all, all it was, it was all wrapped up in those, mm-hmm. those really only 10 days. But I, yeah, I, I, I distinctly remember you sharing that you were booking the trip and just being delighted for you. And you're sharing the pictures of, I think, sitting in a local pub with, mm. uh, with your, your past, uh, your, your, your gal pals. Mm-hmm. Um, why the calling, the need to go back? What, uh, what was that all about for you? Um, I would say there, that is like a diamond multifaceted, um, mm. Ireland to begin with is a really very special place. I think there aren't many people in the world who, who don't get that. But I, I realize, realize now that, that leaving as we did during the Civil War left a real, a real deep ache in my heart that I didn't know at the time. It, it was for sure absolutely the correct decision for the times. And I'm really grateful to my parents for their bravery mm-hmm. uh, in, in actually making that decision. But it was incredibly painful and lonely for me at the time. And it set me on a path really quite different from the one that I, I know I would have chosen as I, I, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, so the land, the land of course is, is, is a calling. It, it's, it has such rich culture and heritage. And that is an area that has become, you know, a really significant interest to me. I recently become absorbed with amongst my, 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 areas of learning shamanism and Celtic shamanism in, in particular. And th- this involves the potential of actually tracing uh, the potential by that. I mean, if you can find them, the information mm-hmm. back five generations and, and um, given the, the current horrific findings in, in indigenous schools, the, this topic of intergenerational trauma 
really, really has brought that to the forefront for me. And, mm -hmm. and I would love to do more research in some of the history of, mm -hmm. of uh, the, the intergenerational relation. Okay. Intergenerational trauma mm -hmm. that took place um, in, in Ireland. That's no secret. Mm -hmm. um, so post-COVID, I, I look forward to spending more time there. Again, researching, exploring, writing. Uh, this this topic alone on on why Ireland, I could probably speak to that mm -hmm. for an hour just alone. So yeah. I'll, I'll and obviously, yeah, obviously, it still impacts you very deeply. Mm -hmm. So very much so. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I may, I'd like to take us to your writing. You wrote a beautiful and award-winning poem that I personally look forward to reading when it's posted each Remembrance Day. You're working towards publishing a book of poems, and I know it's a passion, as you've shared, that you have very much enjoyed returning to. Would you be willing to share that poem with our listeners, the one that um, you post around Remembrance Day each year? Um Yes, I, I'd be happy to do that. And, and, and I would say that, yes, writing has played a huge part in my recovery. And I'm also in the midst of um, turning my, I'm going to call them essays around those mm -hmm. times, um, my adventure, as I call it, in, into a book also. But yes, I would be honored to read, um, to read that poem that, that came to me, that came through me all those years ago. It really, I, I, I look at it now as almost the beginning of, of, a, of, an, of an era for me. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, it feels really appropriate that we, that we, we share it today. Over to so, you. Mm -hmm. uh, the poem is named The Veteran. Alone he sits midst the chaotic room, the children, the colors breaking the gloom watching and waiting, reliving the fear, thinking of those he once held near and dear. The hurt and the pain so clear in his eye, it's a challenge to breathe as he tries not to cry. Memories of the past, as fresh as the day, silently, quietly, he chooses to pray. Slowly the others begin to arrive, the wheelchairs, the walkers, some barely alive. Decked out in their finest, their medals aglow, what goes on in their heads, only they know. The piper begins his tearful refrain, the hymns of the past all over again. The struggle to stand is too much for some. Stay seated, be honored, your work is done. Learn from our suffering, avoid future pain. Don't let our losses be suffered in vain. Love one another, let's pray peace will come. Thank you, dear veteran, our freedom you won. Thank you. Thank you for honoring our veterans and what a lovely, lovely reminder. And it sends tingles down my back every time I read it or hear it. Uh, I really appreciate your, your sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to share it. I appreciate it. I'm going to ask you to do another poem later on, but let's, let's, uh, I'm, I'm going to take us to the pursuit of some of the training that you've done. Um, and a, another area that you explored is becoming an editor. You were one of my readers 
for my book, Leadership Inside Out, Affecting Change from Within. Okay, available from Amazon. I'll throw a plug in there. <laughs> you provided me with great feedback on the, the book or feedback on the book. Um, is this a service that you offer to others if listeners wish to reach out to you? Well, yeah, yeah. First, thank you for, for honoring me with the, the opportunity to edit your book. And it, it's, um, you know, it's lovely to, to actually learn how I can actually do things, as I would say, on the couch yeah. without yeah. having to expend too much physical energy. So, yeah, but yes. So the answer to your question is yes, I would absolutely be open to that conversation should anybody be interested. Okay. Sure. And Catherine's information is in the show notes. Uh, for this podcast, if you're interested in, in connecting with her afterwards. Um, I also know that, um, that listeners struggling with health challenges, um, and especially those that aren't externally obvious, uh, such as yours, um, would be interested in learning um, whether there's anything else other than what you've already shared that you've found successful to help you cope. Um, like, did you use a life coach? Are, are you considering being a life coach to others struggling with similar circumstances? I know you'd be excellent at it mm. if you ever chose to, to also offer that as part of your services. Mm. Well, thank you, Susan, for your, for your vote of confidence. It, it means a lot. Um, I would say focusing as much as possible on what, I, on what I can do now rather than what appears to be lost. I now choose only to do the things that bring me joy and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And I am really filled with enormous gratitude that I can honestly say that I do that. I do that most of the time. And uh, you know, what, a, what a huge gift that that is again, the gift on the other side of illness mm -hmm. with respect to coaching. Yeah. Yes, indeed. A conversation with an old friend who was recently diagnosed with a so-called incurable chronic illness has really shown me the, the, the gift again that I have been given the opportunity to provide support to those on the illness, the illness path. It's an opportunity that my ministerial designation, again, has opened for me. Guiding individuals is absolutely something that I would love to do. And, and the, 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 that credential, if you will, really, really affords me the, the, the opportunity to, to do that mm -hmm. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a more formal basis. I, I have a tendency yeah. and have done for a long time on a, on a, a, a casual or um, friendship kind of kind yeah. of that role. But, but seeing now beyond those in my own circle in need mm -hmm. is definitely some, uh, 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 something that I will, I will pursue. Yes. Uh, and I'll continue to add to my to my practice, to my work. Um, it even feels strange for me to even even use those phrases, my practice, my work. I that there were times in my in my recent years that I didn't think I'd ever have a practice or work mm -hmm. again. So, you know, um, I, I honor that. Um, my, again, my 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 practice, my my designation is non non-denominational as in non non-religious uh i my belief systems are rooted in consciousness and community care as opposed to any any kind of dogma and mm -hmm. i really feel that that's important for, for me to to emphasize that yeah. you know I, that that i'm community-based 
Yeah, that's important for alignment with mm-hmm. the interests and um, yeah, of the clients that you would attract. Yeah, values, integrity, all all of those, all of those good things. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take us take us um, back and a, a question that I, I meant to ask earlier. When you made the decision to fight back on the the uh, decisions that had been made by your healthcare provider and your employer. How did you find a lawyer that worked for you? And I guess I put worked in quotation marks. Any tips or, or considerations for our listeners? Uh, so you were management at the time, so you wouldn't have had a union that could have advocated for you. Hmm. Indeed, I, I had to be my own advocate, actually both medically and legally. And that was no small feat at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Word of mouth was how I found both legal teams that I worked with. Each had an area of, of expertise and, and mm-hmm. specialization. So that were, it was that's what was necessary. I would say um, take copious detailed notes and always have an email paper trail of conversations or transactions because those, um, in my experience, those, those were what helped me prove, mm-hmm. if you will, basically my side of the story, the facts of the story, rather than someone's skewed uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. And also bringing a trusted friend as your eyes and ears, both to medical and legal appointments, and have them take notes, uh, you know, bearing in mind that you, one is sick, stressed and scared with a really yeah. limited capacity to retain information. And the, those, those venues, particularly the legal venue, there, there's no, that's no place to be alone. Yeah. Really, no place to be alone. Yeah, good points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are really good points. Thank you. Any ripples from the decisions that you've made uh, that you hadn't contemplated? And, and if so, again, uh, how did you deal with them for our listeners? Hmm. Well, to be honest, I, I really hadn't com- contemplated any of it. Uh, I had been a, and so that, but I landed in it. And I'd already been through a lot of challenges in my life. And I just moved through them. I just moved on to the next one. I, 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 and I assumed I was naive. I didn't think that this one would be any different. I thought mm. it would have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And it didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It did, I mean, it did, yeah. it did just differently. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, it, yeah, fair enough. because really you know i i felt again naively i worked for an organization i paid copious amounts for benefits and then through no fault of my own i got sick Mm -hmm. um i thought i'd get better i thought i was just working too hard and i needed a short break that my benefits for which i had paid would support me until i was able to and ready to get back to work and and that and again that one always got better from illness that what i had was fixable and i just had to be patient and diligent in my search for answers boy was i wrong yeah and those would be considerations that i think most of us would have Mm -hmm. with with similar circumstances Mm -hmm. what would you what would you say has been your biggest learning through this journey Well, there, there are so many, and, and, and again, another, another uh, conversation that we could spend a, a, whole, a whole hour on. So, so just really looking at in terms of, of work life, 
I, I, I really would suggest that there is an absolute vitalness of self-care and self-advocacy when it comes to one's work. It's, it's, it's important or perhaps even more important than any other aspect because I think the ramifications of succumbing to overload and overdoing are literally life-altering. Mm-hmm. I, believe, I believe actually that we are in an era of chronic illnesses, long-haul COVID now being a new example. And, apl- and employers really would do well to pay more attention to this, this aspect going forward. Mm-hmm. In the end, it will save both sides, costs, stress, legal battles, and, and, and improve productivity and provide a more balanced and, and engaged uh, workforce. That self-care, that we're self-care. Self-care. the oxygen yes. mask that right. we, especially people in, in roles with your kind of personality of just being a you know, driven type A. High energy, yeah. Don't yeah. tend to reach for that oxygen mask and take care of everybody else and pay the, pay the price over time. Mm-hmm. Any other last nuggets for our listeners as we bring, start to bring this to a close? I, I think I would maybe go back to the, the phrase giving too much at the office. Um, I would say to the listeners, don't. It will help no one in the end, including you. You know, we hear so often of people retiring and then quite literally dying a short time later. Mm-hmm. I was lucky. I, I didn't die. I was given a second chance and I, I'm determined to make the best of it, both in terms of, of my own life and, and all, also with the services that I might be able to provide or I mm-hmm. am and will be able to provide to others. So continue, continue. <laughs> You continue to give back and uh, yeah, you're just, you're amazing. As I say, you're one of my, my heroes. It's just been uh, quite something to watch, watch this journey of yours and see what you're, what you're now looking to offer to the world. Um, just a huge thank you. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to ask for just one more thing from you? I know some of the conversations that we've had have been um, difficult, but your poetry is so beautiful. May we, may we have one more? Um, you may. You I, I, I can't twist your arm because we're on, we're, mm-hmm. we're just recording, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I, I think um, uh, the, the, the one that I will share, it, it, it is a bookend to our conversation and it is a bookend to the veteran. So it feels appropriate that, that she be yeah. read. So, yeah, and that's I, what you, is the title she? The title, yeah, the title okay. is she. I'm still alive, but who am I? Who is that person in the mirror? I actually kind of like how she looks and also how she looks back at me. Who is the person who walks into the closet or who owns this closet full of stuff? It feels like not me, but who is me? Someone left and someone new has moved in. This old place, this old skin no longer fits. She, I, who wanders aimlessly in this other person's life? But wait, she is not aimless. No, no, no. She, let's just name her that for now, wants to blow it up, tear it up, and burn it down. This new she doesn't like anything she sees in the closet. She has already cleaned out the fridge and the cupboards. 
She's striking up a new life. She wants to live like every day could be her last. No, wait. She wants to live before she dies. She likes the sound of that bitter. Did old she take all the courage with her when she left? Did she really leave or is she lurking like a troll on the internet? Sometimes it feels so. She has the courage in spades when it comes to the big things. Her tribe of fellow she's know what she means by that. And yet, not but, and yet, the little things make her shy. She may be little and fierce, but she's ready to own that she is also big, bold, and beautiful. First step, awareness. Second step, burn down the fucking closet. I love it. Oh my goodness. Perfect bookend. The freedom that our veterans fought for us to enjoy. And the journey of she. Big, bold, and beautiful. I can't wait to buy your book of poems. <laughs> wow. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, thank you again for allowing. Wow. Catherine, thank you, first of all, for being here today, but also for your tenacity, your courage, and your willingness to not only share your story, but to put all of this new learning, new experiences, new courage, new skin into action in helping others, in making, making things better for others. It's just so you. <laughs> None of it surprises me. Uh, it's just so you. Uh, and I just love that you didn't allow what happened to you to take you out. You dared to soar. Thank you, Susan. And I know that what happened certainly could have and has to many people. And I am sure for you, there were moments. There were many moments, actually. And to be honest, you know, there are still some days when, when why, why me enters my head, when there's something I really want to do and, and it, I have to say pass. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't stay long. I, I don't allow it. And I, you know, I give it space and then, and then I move on. I do, I do what I can do rather than mm -hmm. dwell on, on what's not available. Perhaps to say to people, don't give up hope. And, and it's really important to reach out for support even before you think you need it whether it's illness, work-related stress, and make no mistake, work-related stress is leading more and more frequently to illness. Learning that it's actually brave to be vulnerable is a big thing. And, yeah. and also learning to allow people to help because they really truly want to. Yeah, that's such good counsel. Thank you. Well, as we bring today's podcast to a close, um, again, if you're interested in connecting with Catherine, um, all of her contact information is on the show notes uh, page for this podcast. We both hope that you have found our session today interesting and helpful. And um, I'm going to be back again next week. And I'll, I hope that you'll again decide to join me as you guessed it. You dare to soar. It is time for us to fly. 
Catherine and Susan signing out. Um, bye, bye for now from us. And again, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Susan. And thanks to everyone for listening. Okay, take care. Well, we've reached our destination for today. Time to lower those wheels and prepare for landing. Thank you for joining me. If I said something that resonated with you, please subscribe to the podcast and to share it with others. It would be awesome if you also took the time to provide a review, whatever your favorite social media sites are. If you have a question or an area that you hope I'll cover in a future session, please send me a note either to my website, www.effectingchangefromwithin.com or to my email, susangenay at gmail.com. I look forward to our next time together. In the meantime, soar high. I believe you can. Susan signing off. Thanks again for joining me.